0: Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Welcome back, everyone. 9.05, the time final hour for us today on this Thursday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Marginal risk of severe weather today, currently 59 on the way up to 65 Rain in the forecast. Could get some thunderstorms later tonight before things clear out. Looking at a low of 48 tonight. And then tomorrow for your Friday, sunny, a high of 64 degrees. Well, as promised, it's time to talk some Grizzlies. But uh, usually it's more than just the Grizzlies when we are joined by our friend Drew Hill, who I ran into last night at the Tigers game. And, of course... His Alabama love and connection to Alabama, right? He's got a comment on Eli Gold and that news from yesterday. So without further ado, Grizzlies beat writer for the Daily Memphian, our friend Drew Hill joining us now on Sports 56 Mornings. You can follow Drew on Twitter at drewhill_dm. underscore DM. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? Good, man. I, I am saving the your experience in Phoenix for the last thing on this segment because i got to hear that story. I've already heard it. I thought it was unbelievable, so I want our listeners to. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Grizzlies who get cranked back up tomorrow and your terrific three-part series on Trip on Jaron Jackson Jr. But first of all, Alabama. Eli Gold, they let the guy go? What? Yeah, it's, it's strange
1: that you hear of a person that's been there that long being let go in a role like that, but I do think that and I mean I'm getting ready to fire off some hot takes. Not Please. probably not for certain people in Memphis, but like you know the health concerns. I think is probably a concern there, right? He missed a ton of games last year. He says it's not a concern, but i it might be. I think. And then the other thing is that Chris Stewart the a wonderful radio guy that calls the basketball games and filled in for him, is fantastic. Sure. Uh, it doesn't mean Eli Gold isn't fantastic, but, you know, and obviously he has a legendary voice, and the voice you associate with Alabama football, um, that's kind of what everybody sees when they see the highlight packages. But now it's going to be different. I I wish Eli the best and all that. Um, obviously, it's sad to see a legend, mm-hmm. you know, Go go away! I do think Chris does a great job. He so does. I think he's in good hands. But
0: that's that's just my personal feeling. I, ju- I just wonder if Sabin was still there. If- well, that's. A,
2: do you think part of it is the fact that it, it's almost like with Saban gone now that it could just kind of be a whole clean start over for with with a new coach and the full new full time permanent voice.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to be a fresh start, uh, obviously on the field for this team and. The other thing about Eli is it's just so it's all so traditional. Like you Mm. you know the call that's coming, and now you know with this new team, if the team isn't if the product isn't as good, like I think it does help to have a younger, more sort of energetic voice. Um, So again, I I don't mean any disrespect to Eli, who's great, and I hope you know he he doesn't want to retire. I hope he gets a job somewhere else. He should. Uh, I hope he's calling
0: one of my teams. <laughs> one of yes. my I I knew him I knew him from NASCAR. I knew him from NASCAR before even Alabama football.
1: Oh really? I oh, didn't gosh. Even know.
0: A- oh my or- god! Legendary NASCAR voice. All right, let me let me move on again before we dive into the Grizzlies to last night running into you at the Tigers game. And you know Drew's always up to something. He's an unbelievable writer, and you've written about this uh, 77-year-old grandma, Marla. Tell everybody about your story. <laughs> well,
1: I didn't know what I was going to write when I got down to FedEx Forum. Um, I just figured I'm—I've got the knowledge of this team. I watched the team enough. I've covered the team. I know how the dynamics work, and Penny, and you know, mm-hmm. I could write a column depending on how this game goes. And, of course, they won resoundingly, which was great. Um, And I thought that that was, uh, you don't want to call it an impressive win because they should win the game like that, in that manner. But given the circumstances, uh, a good quality win that this team very much needed. And so, you know, the talk of the week was that the Tigers had quit. And this does not get them out of the woods. I I totally understand that, Mm -hmm. right? Like, it's just one win. um, But it's nice for the people that live or die with this and to be able to pull themselves kind of out of the gutter. And so I found Marla Nitsch, who uh, was wonderful after the game, and talked to her, and she stayed all the way until the end holding up her sign that says, Tigers don't quit. (laughs) She was determined to uh, make that sign and bring it because all week people had told her that her Tigers are quitters, and she was blow-drying the paint on the sign <laughs> like 30 minutes before the game so <laughs> to get down to the game in time. And, and um, I just think that, that's what you, you want if you're a sports fan, right? You want it to matter so much that you can't leave for the game until you finish blow-drying your sign because you want to prove everybody else wrong, like. And so I thought it was great that they won for fans like that, and that's why sports matter. And um, I I had a, a blast at the game, and I really enjoyed talking to Marla.
2: <laughs> that, is, that is fantastic. That's a good journey. And there are so many of those. Tiger fans yes, of that are. age group and everything else, like we we, we kind of joke a lot about the fan base of the Tigers at basketball games, but like that's a that's a very typical Tiger basketball fan.
0: The concern is when they start to die off. That is the concern, but that's uh, another story for another day.
2: The speaking of another story, you did the 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 series on Jaron Jackson Junior. You've done a number of these on the various Grizzlies players, um, and I thought the Jaron one was outstanding, like the others, but. When you did this one, Jaron, did you, how much of this was like new information? Did you learn a lot about Jaron in this? Some of it is new information. Um, I, I, I did,
1: I would say I learned a lot about Jaron's childhood and I learned a lot about the parenting style of his parents. I mean, we all know he's into fashion, we all know he's into music, and I didn't really learn more about what he's into in, yeah. in terms of those things. But I did learn sort of the mindset and kind of why he does it. Um, it it was great, I think, to – I had the chance to go to San Antonio, watch the practice at Incarnate Word, um, hung out afterwards, was able to do an extended interview with his dad and really get to know him um, for a few hours. And he was great. And, obviously, it's just hilarious to watch that because I didn't – I I wasn't old enough, or, or yeah, I'm too young to have watched Jaron Sr., really, in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And so, I didn't really have a grasp of his personality. And then when I met him, and we had a chance to, like, sit down at dinner or whatever, like, it was just great because all of his mannerisms are exactly the same (laughs) as Jaron. Like, I, I was like, this is a... This is a clone of Jaron Jr. Um, He's goofy like Jaron Jr. He makes jokes like Jaron Jr. It it was just great. And just to watch him interact with sort of the players gave you an understanding of why Jaron is the way that he is. Mm -hmm. uh, Because he's sort of the exact same teammate. And you ask Pop about it. You ask Sean Elliott about it, about uh, Jaron Sr. And everybody sort of sees similarities not in their game. In their personalities, right, and so I think that that um, I did learn some things there. I learned a lot about his childhood. and He was a skier and a swimmer, and like that—that's pretty interesting to me. Skier, and wow. He, yeah, I mean, just like the 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 craziest thing about the skiing thing is that his mom actually said that the skiing is more than anything. Uh, what she thinks about, what she watches him play basketball, and that's because when he crashes to the floor after a dunk or a block or whatever, that just kind of reminds her of sort of <laughs> the recklessness that he had. Cause okay. she took him when he was five, and he wasn't really old enough to be in the training for the skiing. And so <laughs> he was supposed to be six to eight. But they were never going to know that because Jaron was huge. Yeah. So, uh, so she went when he was five. He did the skiing lessons, and the trainer was like, "Well, the good news is your son has no fear. Like he's going right down the mountain." And, and the bad news is, your son has no fear. Like, <laughs> he's just, he's, he, there's no brakes. It's all gas. And so uh, I think that that was kind of fun. And she said that's the moment that I return to when I watch him play basketball. And that's just kind of funny to me that that's what she thinks about.
0: That, um,
2: so, yeah. I,
1: I learned a lot about that. And then, of course, um, you know, lastly, just the, I, I also had the chance to go to uh, Northern Indiana, to, to La Porte, Indiana, which is like an hour outside of Chicago.
0: Yeah, this part fascinates yeah. me. I still haven't got a chance to read part yeah. three yet, but this part, a boarding school basically for what, a year?
1: One year. Yeah, one year. And it, so, influenced,
0: it influenced a lot of, of what he does as a player, as, as a human being. Oh, it was probably the single, uh, not probably,
1: I mean, Jeremy I tell you, It was the single most impactful year of basketball in his entire basketball wow. journey. I mm-hmm. mean, it kind of changed everything for him because, first of all, that school's unbelievable, right? It's like, as I describe in the story, it's like Harry Potter in the woods. You got <laughs> all of these kids dressed in suits and ties and they even divide into like two groups like you would really say houses I don't know how familiar you, you guys are with the Harry Potter movies but like Gryffindor Slytherin right, right, it's not right. Gryffindor and Slytherin it's like they have other names for it and they compete for a cup at the end of the year and like it is literally Harry Potter and so um, I spent a day there and really got the full tour and Everybody, what struck me, it was a few things. One, it's just quintessential Indiana basketball. Like, you can hear the snow falling off the tin roof, at the top of the gym, and the practice gym is literally just in a barn. That's it. It's just a barn <laughs> with basketball hoops. Um, it, it's, it's perfect. They're also at NBA Factory. I mean, Jeremy That's... Sohan, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Stewart, Jaron Jackson, Jordan Poole. Wow. I'm leaving some out. Like, all these players went there. Um and it's just, it's, it's incredible to step foot on campus. Like, it's internationally known, this school. Um, there are students from all over the world, and that's pretty obvious from the moment you step on campus and you see sort of the diversity of all the students. Only 200 students, 100, this is how much they care about basketball, only 200 students. When Jaron was playing in the national title game with Walloumiere back in 2017, 120 of the student body traveled from northern Indiana new york city to watch them play in a championship game which is pretty crazy so just it is indiana high school basketball at its purest it's an unbelievable setting it's an insane school jim gaffigan went there
0: chief justice john roberts went there Wild! Wow! I uh, never, uh, never heard of it until you wrote
2: about. See it. See that—that's what's what blew me away. Is like because you hear of all these like the verds and the Sunrise right, Christians right. and the Oak Hill Academy. Like I, am I had no idea that 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 school was there and like that they were the Jared. Again, they won the national championship and like that they had a team like that. And all these different guys had come through there.
1: Yeah, and so I think it's like it became a basketball power later on in the existence of the school. Uh, it wasn't until, like, maybe five or six years before Jaron got there that they were really this loaded basketball team. But, I mean, on Jaron's team was Brian Bowen, who was an All-American, who you may remember from what Lou, happened. Louisville, in the right? Yeah. The, Louisville, the Louisville guy, a, yeah. okay, But a fantastic player. Um, and then Tiger Campbell, who took UCLA mm-hmm. to a Final Four point guard, and then Jordan Poole, he lived with Jordan Poole. They were just in in a dorm. I had a chance to go see the dorm. It's hilarious because I wish I could have taken a picture in there. There were students that live there now, and the room was kind of disheveled, and <laughs> they get in trouble if they don't make their beds and do all that stuff. So <laughs> I didn't want to get anybody them, in yeah. trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know. I didn't take any pictures, but it's funny because you can just imagine it. They They were talking about how, this room was divided half and half, straight down the center. And there used to be pictures, but no one was able to really locate them. Half Sparty Green, half Michigan Maze. And uh, uh, right straight down the middle. And those two guys were the best of friends. They still are. They still see each other every offseason. Um, and there's great stories in the series about them. Mm-hmm. Rapping on the way back from a Bulls game and, like, you know, pulling pranks on their coaches, trying to get their coaches to buy basketball shoes from for way more than their actual worth. It's just (laughs) some of it's hilarious.
0: It is a hell of a series that that Drew has written, and uh, you need to check it out, folks, if you have not yet, at the Daily Memphian, uh, Drew's series, three-part series on Jaron Jackson Jr. All right, just... Real quick on the Grizzlies, because I want to get to your, your Phoenix trip, at least the the uh, setting of the uh, golf tournament that you went to and how that went for you. But quick expectations, not wins and losses, but are we going to see Des Bane, Marcus Smart, even Brandon Clark play some, or is it just going to basically be the evaluation of these young guys, these two-way guys, 10-day contract guys? What do you expect the rest of the way for the Grizzlies?
1: I do think you're gonna see some Brandon Clark. I think they do want to see him. Like they they would rather have a little bit of momentum than not. is the way Zach Kleiman put it. Yeah, it
0: makes sense. Um
1: so I do think we are gonna see Brandon Clark at some point. I don't think we're gonna see him right now, like right after the all star break. Um I mean we might, but I I think they it makes more sense to give him that on wrap on ramp into the off season, so mm-hmm. Maybe they wait a little bit. I don't know. Um, and then as far as the other guys, like, you know, you gotta be careful. There's no point in bringing these guys back until they're a hundred percent. If they're 85%, they just need to sit out, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I found it also interesting listening back to Zach Kleinman's media availability. Wasn't able to be there because was on the trip you're talking about, but, um, Listening back, I think I heard him mention, and I I need to double check this. That I hate that I'm even saying this on the radio because I don't want I, I don't want to say the wrong thing. But I, I thought at some point, Kleiman had mentioned that there could be like a few players out for the season, or multiple players out, or at least he alluded to it. And right now, it's only Ja. Maybe he was just talking about the team before um, with Steven Adams, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if one of bain or marcus smart doesn't play the rest of the season they both might come back and that would be you know uh it'd be fine (laughs) It's (laughs) too late now to really matter but uh i i wouldn't be shocked if if one of those guys doesn't play again and it makes particularly good sense to be very careful with marcus smart Mm -hmm. given his age and injury history and sort of knowing that you haven't seen him with Ja, like let's not even risk it and make sure he gets in the next season healthy
2: so that those guys can be on the court together. Yeah, I've said a lot. I really don't think Marcus Smart plays again. Like, I just don't see why you do it. And so, Bain maybe, but I don't expect to see him a whole lot. But I really don't think Smart plays again.
0: Yeah, my guess, if it was down to one or the two we're going to play, my my bet would be that Marcus Smart doesn't and that Des does play a few games. All right, Drew. So, you had a bachelor party or a wedding. What was it out out in Arizona?
1: It was it was
0: my bachelor party. <laughs> oh, it was your bachelor party. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was a friend's bachelor party. No, oh, it was mine. Oh god, this, this yeah. even makes it worse for Okay, so you go out to the Phoenix Open, the waste management Phoenix Open, and you go you're going for 2 days, right? For Sat, well, you're planning on going Saturday, so you go Saturday, pick up the story from here. We got a few minutes, but tell everybody, I think it's it's bad on <laughs> it's bad for you, but I think it's hilarious.
1: So Saturday we go and we we don't wake up early to go get on sixteen and get in line and I mean it's it's an hour looking like hour plus to just get your ticket scanned to get in because this crowd the sea of people is just so huge and uh, we're walking we're walking in we're getting closer to the gate uh, this is after waiting like forty five minutes for one of my friends to use the porta potty before we even got in line to get our ticket scanned and. We're getting to the front, and we just walk right in. And we're like, what the heck? They, they never took our tickets. What's going on here? Well, the crowds were so big that they just stopped ticketing and let people in because they couldn't keep up with the number of people that were showing up. So everybody was calling everybody saying, hey, you can get in here for free. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was, it was just crazy, the amount of people there. And then it's muddy and it's hilly, so everybody's trying to walk on the cart paths. And that creates bottleneck situations where literally thousands of people are trying to get through. So, I mean, you're you're standing there just trying to walk for, like, 30 minutes at a time. Like, the, the day flew by for that reason. But, I mean, we got there. We walked all the way to the other side of the golf course as far away from 16, 17 as we could. We got on to 5, 6, 7. We probably had one beer, watched, like, four golf shots. And we went to get another beer. And uh, <laughs> they were like, no alcohol. This is done. <laughs> And we are like, oh, well, we're already here, so we might as well enjoy it. I mean, the problem was, anytime you had to use the bathroom, it's just like an hour, you know? Oh, it's like an hour-plus wait at the porta potty to try to use the bathroom. So eventually, people just gave up on trying to use the porta potty. They were just peeing everywhere. <laughs> I mean, people were just peeing out in the open, like, we're at a golf tournament. And on top of that, you know, I, you go there for the party. And I have been to a Masters, and that's all. that was a Dream of Mine bucket list. This was the other bucket list, just because it's the anti-masters. It you know? is. The so, complete opposite. Uh, yeah. I wanted to go. I wanted to have the experience of both. But anyway, so Saturday was such a mess. They even stopped serving food. They just opened up the gates. They said, everybody, get out. We don't care how you get <laughs> out. Just get gone. And uh, But anyway, so we ended up buying. Uh, uh, I delayed my flight an extra day. We bought tickets to Sunday. We got there early at like 8.30. We got on 16. We didn't leave all day. We booed everybody that missed the green. We cheered for everybody that uh, that hit a good shot. We watched grandmas chug beers out of shoes. I mean, it was great on Sunday. It was the best day ever. Um, so it made up for it tenfold, but I will never go back. That was it. One and done. Um, I'm mostly out of the party stages of my life anyway, but uh, if I do it, I might as well go all out and go to an event like that, but yeah, it was uh, it was a nightmare Saturday and an amazing Sunday.
2: But you d- you did not jump down and go do snow angels in the bunker. No, that was not. Me. <laughs> okay, that's good. Just got to make sure. And they say there's going to be changes. We'll see what type
0: of changes there are. But that's a that's a night and day scenario from what it was Saturday to what it was Sunday. I'm glad you were able to stay that extra day. Have a great time. Enjoy it. But like you said, one and done. I went to Mardi Gras this year. Probably one-and-done. I understand the one-and-dones in in, in life. You you want to experience it at least one time, and it's fantastic. But unfortunately for you, you had uh, the hellish day on Saturday, but a great day on Sunday. When's the wedding, by the way? In April.
1: In April. So I'm actually getting married the weekend of the last uh, week of the regular season for the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. And so the plan was I was going to be able to get married, and then I was going to – be able to could be back by the uh, I was either going to get married and go on my honeymoon and I'd be back after about before the start of the playoffs well then the, the play-in was in the picture and I was like oh crap Well, now I might miss the play-in and uh and now it's all good. <laughs> yeah,
0: you <didn't> get anything. <laughs> not anything. Now you're free. Now, now it's all good. They helped you out, uh, Drew. They, they, knew, they knew what your plans uh, Now you just got to be back
2: for the draft lottery. That's it. <laughs>
0: That's it, just yeah, for the draft lottery. Well, listen, thank you. Thanks for sharing that story. Great series on Trip. Check it out at the Daily Memphian. He is Drew Hill, Grizzlies beat writer for the DM. You can follow him on Twitter at Hill underscore DM. Thank you, Drew. Yeah, thanks, guys. See
2: ya. Take care. Folks, when it comes to breakfast here in Memphis, one place you need to know, that is Sunrise. The original location is at 670 Jefferson Avenue. They've got Sunrise East in East Memphis on Poplar Avenue. Breakfast sandwiches, the biscuit sandwiches, they got their own homemade biscuits, the big square biscuits. and You can get the bacon, egg, and cheese, or sausage, egg, and cheese, or the pea love which is my favorite, that's fried bologna egg and cheese is absolutely fantastic. Of course, they've got their breakfast bowls. They've got the kitchen sink. they got the tacos, all kinds of different things on that breakfast menu. Plus, great lunch menu as well with great sandwiches. My favorite of the lunch menu, that would be the French dip. We've got a great bacon cheeseburger, other sandwiches, salads, all kinds of great stuff on that lunch menu as well. It's just great food. Great people over there, of course, Ryan Trim and Craig Blondis and Roger at that entire group, they do all of their different places are so great. And Sun Sunrise certainly is no different. Against original location, 670 Jefferson Avenue. Sunrise East in East Memphis. Online, sunrise901.com. You can order online for pickup to make it very easy to pop in, get your food, and be on your way from Sunrise.
0: As I mentioned, we want to discuss college football and the committee, the uh, playoff committee, what they talked about yesterday at their meetings about the possibility of expansion in a couple of years. We haven't even had the first 12-team playoff, but they're already talking 14. We'll talk about that. Some interesting comments that Jay Williams has made uh, about Caitlin Clark, and also some college baseball news as well. If you didn't get a chance to call in or text in earlier on Tigers, you want to Get your thoughts out there to the public. You certainly can. 360-8255. That's 901-360-8255. Whether you call in or text in, the Sports 56 listener lines are always available to you. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I guess you can never start too early, and you should start early. You want to be proactive, not reactive, knowing that there's two years on this college football playoff 12-team format, and that will change. Well, it doesn't necessarily have to. They can vote it in again. But there's a lot of things that will change with the new deal. And so the college football playoff folks that make the decisions, Bill Hancock in his final year, the executive director, they had conversations yesterday, according to reports, of a 14-team playoff starting in 2026. So instead of having four buys, more than likely it would be just the two teams, the top two teams getting buys, you would have, instead of four games in the first round like we will have in twenty four, this fall and twenty five, it would be six first round games, which I, I assume would be all at the uh, the higher seeded teams' uh, home stadium. What do you think about them already talking about fourteen? And what do you think about fourteen?
2: Well, yeah, I, I said yesterday, Tony Petiti is, is was one of the people who was kind of a, wanting to discuss different form, bigger formats. It's. Um, He had brought up 16. They're talking about 14. I mean, it's, he's, the, because, I mean, there's obviously, they've got to figure out a lot. They got to figure out a lot about the next two years, let alone the future after those two years. A big part of that is how the money is going to be distributed. And if the money is going to go to, if it's, if it ends up being a somewhat of a model, like what the NCAA tournament does, and that it's based on. Your team getting in, your team advancing. That's how money is going to be divvied out. Because of that, it makes a lot of sense that the SEC and the Big Ten are going to want more teams in the tournament because they know those spots are in all likelihood going to go to them. <laughs> and their teams will then advance, and so they make more money because they got more teams in and they got more teams advancing. And so they're, you know, that's. The SEC the Big Ten want as many at-large spots in the tournament as they can possibly get because they know those are, in most years, going to their teams.
0: But they also are looking at the possibility of having more of those spots as AQs. In other words, right now, you would have the top four seeds would be the top four highest conference champions, and the fifth in the 5-7 model would be that fifth conference, which will come from the non-Power Five. But could you do something where you reward the Big Four a second AQ? In other words, their champion goes, and the team that lost in their championship game goes as well. That gives you eight of the 14 spots. No, I don't believe they will do that.
2: You don't think so? Because the SEC and Big Ten don't want that.
0: They want less of the ACC and they the They want Big the most
2: at-large bids there could be because they they know they're getting at-large bids. If there's more automatic qualifiers, it will literally be more Big 10 and SEC teams automatically qualifying. <laughs> there'll, there'll be rules just for that those two conferences. I firmly believe that. Would, that there'll be guaranteed like three spots or something like that. Like The SEC and Big 10 just want as many open spots for them to take as could be possible.
0: Do you think fans of the SEC and basically Southern football fans would rather have a a tournament of just the SEC, a playoff of just the SEC, I mean, just it, SEC teams.
2: I mean, a lot would, yeah. But, I mean, the, the regular season kind of provides that. But, like, the, the they would be fine with the SEC Big Ten, like just the North versus South kind of idea. Like, just let's battle them. Because the thing is this, in the whole, like, idea of, well, we're going to put both of the teams in the championship game, the teams in the championship game for the Big Ten and SEC know they're in. There's no doubt. Like, there's the loser of the SEC or Big Ten championship is not going to be left out of the playoff ever. So, like, why would they agree to that? Like, they we know those teams are getting in. We, we're we worried about getting all of our other teams in.
0: Do we? Do we know that automatically?
2: You think the second-place team of the Big Ten or the SEC is going to be left out of the top?
0: How about if that team— Say, let, let, let me think about it. You don't have the, the divisions. You'll have the straight-up teams. What is the Big Ten? We'll have 16— the SEC Wolf sixteen coming up
2: this year? Big Ten is eighteen, I believe. Is
0: it eighteen? Okay. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think how this would work. The second place team and the third place team. Second place team gets in, plays the the, the champion, plays the number one team. But they lost to the third place team during the season and they got in because the third-place team had a bad loss against somebody else. Whatever. They win by tiebreak. They get in. They get hammered in the championship game. Don't you think they could also look at that team that finished third that had beaten the team that finished second and said, you know what, they should get the The team large. that
2: finished third is going to be in also. They're going to be getting three teams in at least, probably four in most years. Right now you have a 12-team playoff. How many teams do
0: you believe will be from the SEC Big Ten combined this upcoming 2024 eight. season? Seven or eight. You think it'll be seven or eight? Yes. So that leaves you two automatics from the Big 12 and the ACC. Let's say it's eight. That's ten. One The other the three of conference winners
2: that'll be in and either Notre Dame or maybe one at large from one of the other conferences.
0: I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. And there's no question that those two are the dominating conferences. But my gosh, why even have the only a way damn playoff the, the way they're the only doing? Way it?
2: The second the the loser of the conference championship game could possibly be left out would be if somehow and it's not going to happen. But if somehow like they went one in or they lost like two of their non-conference games, which is not going to happen, and then lost uh, like one regular season game, but and then lost the conference championship game, so they had four losses.
0: That's not going to happen. I wonder how it's going to be. It's going to be more contentious, I think, when they are selecting teams. Okay, let's say the two in the championship games, and you're probably right, are automatic in the Big Ten and the SEC, but not the ACC and the Big 12 is what you're saying. But then they get down to the at-largest, teams that finish third, fourth, maybe fifth. You know, They're trying to figure out. That'll be interesting to see because they're not going to go strictly on where they finish, right? They're going to look at... Everything they've done all season long, and then also maybe the drawing power of that team that could come into play if it's close. You don't necessarily, even if you take the top two, four could be taken over three, five could be taken over four, depending on how it all goes. There's not, we non- might as well just put automatic. To there the top could
2: be non conference losses and stuff like that that right. affect your rankings. I mean, it's going to be, you're, we're going to know the rankings like as it goes along. We're going to see who's where. And yes, that doesn't mean just because a team's ranked higher doesn't mean they're necessarily ahead of them in the standings. I mean, exactly. They're, but they're, don't they're,
0: you think, don't you think like a, uh, the cachet of the, of the program also comes into play? No. You don't think so?
2: I don't think they care about that.
0: You don't think it came down to an Alabama or an Ole Miss? I don't
2: If they were sort of I equal, don't, Ole don't, Miss would
0: get the I don't non. think the committee. Excuse, excuse me, Alabama would get that on?
2: No. I don't think the committee cares about that. Okay. But I it's the I mean the SEC and Big 10 like are it's dumb for them to agree to anything other than what in, when increase and that's why if it was up to them, it would just be 12 at large teams. They would rather not oh, have... Oh, no it. question. They don't want anything. They'd, they'd rather have no automatic qualifiers. Like and they don't want the group love, of five. Love, well, because we, if we could take 10 of the 12, or if we could take all 12, we will happily do that. They're, they're not going to agree to anything. I don't. I would be shocked. Unless, unless they give them a bigger chunk of the pot anyway just say we'll give you guys one there's no i in my mind no way the sec or big 10 would agree to anything that would increase the amount of automatic qualifiers from any other conferences but other than they're willing to give three other spots i don't see any reason why they would ever want to give any more automatic qualifying spots to anybody other than themselves
0: other than money is there any any point why you go from 12 to 14 first of all if you're going to if you're going to really increase, go to 16 because you know you're going to eventually get to 16. But let's say if you're just adding two, but what, they want. What's, they, what's the purpose other than just there's a, there'll be a few more games because there'll be six games in the first round as opposed to four that we're getting this year because you would have less teams with buys.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I do think they want to. The reason I wouldn't, I think, not going all the way to 16 is to idea of keeping at least some buys that give teams a little bit of motivation there late in the season to like, you really want to secure one of those top two spots for the buy. Right. So that, that, you know, the game, the last regular season game or whatever may have, which takes on more meaning than what it would if the team's like, oh, well, we already know we're in pretty much no matter what happens. So I think they do. I think the idea of keeping a reward for at least some teams to keep games late in the season, meaning more is a motivating factor in going to 14 rather than 16. That makes sense.
0: It makes sense. A uh, real quick shout-out before we take our final break. This uh, to the Memphis Tigers, Matt Risers baseball team, yesterday in their home opener beat Central Arkansas 14-4. to They tied the school record for home runs in a game. They hit seven bombs in that game as they won 14-4. to They will host Bowling Green for a three-game series this weekend starting on Friday Ole Miss loses their home opener shockingly to Arkansas State four to two. The Rebels, like the Tigers, both two and three to start the season. Who do the Rebels have this weekend?
2: Uh, They've got High Point this weekend. Uh, They are.
0: Tommy coaching them.
2: They are struggling to hit the hit. Uh, They just have not been able to get their bats going um, so far in the in the season, and so it it has been a struggle. The, The transfer guys that have come in haven't gotten it going it's been mainly the the two veteran guys who have been part of that lineup that have uh in lege and groff who are really good in hawaii i know udemark another one of the guys who's back hit a home run yesterday but they just uh the transfer guys were a lot of expected of them and i'm sure they're going to start hitting sure, But right sure. now they just haven't hit really and um so overall the bats are just really struggling
0: Folks, let the crazy coop open your mind and awaken your taste buds with a variety of crazy chicken wing flavors like the Buffalo Ranch, a perfect combo of ranch seasoning with a little kick to it, the mango habanero, the sweet taste of mango followed by the heat, or the sweet maple bourbon. The taste will remind you of chicken and waffles. That's just three of the amazing 27 chicken wing seasonings that you can get at the Crazy Coop. 7199 Highway 64. It's between Appling and Kirby Witten. At the Bartlett location, they have the full menu, which includes... Those delicious half-pound burgers, the catfish sandwiches, all the great sides, like the fried dill pickles, the fried okra, the green tomatoes. Or you can kind of zip in and zip out at the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar to pick up your wings. You can call in, order up, pick up yourself. You can have any of these services delivered to your home or office. They will also cater so, you got an event coming up, you want it catered by the Crazy Coop, just contact them. They will take care of that for you. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. until 9 p.m. Delicious whole wings and party wings, boneless wings, and chicken tenders. And what makes them the best? Again, those amazing 27 chicken wing seasonings. You tried the rest, now try the best. The Crazy Coop, 7199 Highway 64 between Appling and Kirby Witten, and the Crazy Coop Express at 1315 Ridgeway off Poplar. When we come back Jay Williams, some interesting things he had to say about Caitlin Clark that I want to get into This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk Sports 56 and 98.5 FM Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter Facebook, Instagram and YouTube to watch live video of our shows Stay up to date with station events and have chances to win prizes Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports 56 mornings. Morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. So Jay Williams came out the other day and he said that Caitlin Clark, the unbelievable basketball player for Iowa, the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball history and ready to surpass Pete Maravich for the overall leading scorer in the history of college basketball. He first said that she can't be great without a championship. And I completely disagree with that. There are a lot of athletes who are great without a championship, and Dan Marino comes to mind. Would you say Dan Marino was good or very good? He was great. He didn't win a championship. There's many, many other examples. But now he's kind of changed his tune, and he said Caitlin Clark cannot be the GOAT without a championship. Now, that is something that certainly sparks debate, and I would tend to agree with him on that, that team goals and individual goals are combined for you to become the GOAT in a team-oriented sport. It's different when you're talking about golf, when you're arguing Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods. It's all individual stuff. But when it comes to athletes who play in a team sport, you don't win championships, even though you hold records. Yeah, I, I can, plus, I, I don't think she's the GOAT anyway. I would think Cheryl Miller is probably way up there for me. There's others that certainly played at the highest of levels. She is great. But he changed his tune. I think he was wrong the first time, and he may be right the second thing he said. What do you What do you think?
2: Well, the first thing that he said on game day said was idiotic. Um, makes no sense. No, because there are a ton of players who didn't win any championships that certainly were great players that just weren't on a great team. Right. Um. I. I I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and act like I know the got to watch all the great women basketball players and know who is better or not. I know Caitlin Clark is insanely good (laughs) at the stuff she does. She's as entertaining as any player I've ever seen, certainly playing the women's game. Um, She's incredible. I don't know what it is about her that for some reason, so many people are so afraid of like, talking positively about her i don't know it's weird to me um but she's all i know is she's unbelievable and she's she's entertaining as heck to watch play i've been shooting from the logo consistently knocking down shots she's she's incredible that's uh i don't i don't i don't have a list of the goats of women basketball so i have no idea where she ranks among the the greatest of all time
0: see see, i do i mean you know from lisa leslie to Cheryl swoops to Uh, Rebecca Lobo, going back to Ann Donovan, going back to um, uh, Nancy Lieberman. I mean, so many that have played the game have played at at the highest of levels. I I still think Cheryl Miller is probably the greatest, but Kaitlin Clark certainly, um, as far as his first statement is concerned, ridiculous. You can be great without a championship. Daniel Jeremiah, who is an NFL draft analyst, has his... Mock 2.0 out for the draft. And this is before the combine, which is getting ready to start. He's got four quarterbacks selected in the top eight picks. Caleb Williams to the Bears, one. Drake May to the Commanders, two. He does not have Jaden Daniels going in the top three. Has him going to the Giants at number 6. And then at number 8, J.J. McCarthy is his fourth quarterback going to the Atlanta Falcons. Michael Penix Jr. spoke... The other day, I forget who was interviewing him, and he said he's the best quarterback. Of course, you're going to have that self-confidence about yourself, but he's the best quarterback coming out in this draft. I would disagree, but I do like Michael Penix. I know he's had the injuries in the past. He didn't have the great championship game, but my gosh, I still think he's going to help a team out uh, when it comes time to the draft. Well, right now, it has come time to say goodbye for this Thursday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. would like to thank our guests, Doc Holliday, and Drew Hill for joining us on the program. Tomorrow we're back to wrap up the week. John Varless will join us at 725. Matt Dillon, the Tiger basketball report at 825. The Grizzlies return to action tomorrow night as they take on the L.A. Clippers, but the NBA resumes action tonight. We'll be talking about it tomorrow. Plus 10 in a row, the game show that has swept the nation. It's all coming up tomorrow. On Sports 56 Mornings. Coming up next, it's Roll One Friends on Sports 56, so stay tuned for that. For Eli Savoy and Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Have a great Thursday, everyone.